Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, hit it shot. Oh, baby, what a play. This is Jeff Bedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in Casey and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I discuss the latest free agency moves and Orlando Brown's defection to Cincinnati. But first, Joe, we've got to talk March Madness. Your former college rival, Princeton, is the talk of the big dance. Yeah, Jeff, I'm I'm not happy about about it being Princeton, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> it's a big rivalry with us at Penn, but I am happy for the Ivy League making it to the Sweet 16. I think that's a really test, a really cool testament to to the league and the type of basketball that they play. It's it's very competitive basketball, and um, you know the Ivy League uh, championship. They do a tournament now. They didn't used to do a tournament. Right. Just the winner of the Ivy League regular season went to the got the automatic bid, but now they have a little tourney and Penn took Princeton almost to the hoop um, in the finals. They lost by seven. So, you know, just keeping every, everybody up to date on what's going on with, uh, with the Quakers, but uh, yeah, they, 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 they kept it close and it was 77 to 70. So uh, therefore I think, you know, Penn would have had just as good of a chance of being in the sweet 16. No, I'm just kidding. You can't use that. (laughs) You can't use that logic. That doesn't work. Um, I remember one year, Jeff, it's funny talking about Ivy league and football. I remember one year, Back in the 80s, um, right before I had gotten to Penn, the Penn had a really good football team. They were they were 10 and 0 in the regular season. They actually beat Navy at Navy, which that's wow. a big thing, right? For mm-hmm. you know um, Penn to beat uh, what is technically technically a scholarship school, even though Navy mm-hmm. you know Navy doesn't really give scholarships because everybody goes there for free. Um, but the um, they uh, th- so if you if you use the transitive property. Um, it turned out that year that Penn actually was in uh, in running for the national championship uh, for college <laughs> football because, you know, they had beaten Navy who had beaten someone who had beaten someone who had beaten someone and on and on and on and went down the line like 72 games. And it turns out that, you know, by the transitive property, Penn was the national champion of that season. So, um, yeah, we always like to joke about that. But uh, but the transitive no. property It's yeah. always good. Yeah. It's always oh, it never fails. Never fails. Never fails. If someone can beat somebody, then they must be able to beat that person. So, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's fun to think of, but it has been really fun. I think it's been a great tourney so far. Uh, I'm doing okay in our believe pool. I don't know how you're doing. Uh, I'm hanging, I'm hanging in there. You know, these upsets are are killing a lot of people. So. Yeah, I have, I think I'm hanging in there. I have three of four final four still live considering all the upsets. That's, that's, you know, all you you can really hope for. And, you know, a lot of interest, interesting, connections with Penn and Princeton. I was texting with my brother who had same kind of the same attitude um, as you do that, you know, he went to Penn, he roots against Princeton, but when it comes to the tournament and stuff, he roots the Ivies above, above all else. And then, um, you know, the other connection, it's funny, my two teams, Northwestern, where I went, Duke, where my dad spent a lot of time, they're both knocked out, but my wife actually went to Princeton, but she's out of town, out of the country. So we've been texting, but I'm really curious. She seems excited, but it will be interesting. Yeah. She goes out of the country and they have their best season since the uh, 60s. So that's yeah. crazy, crazy connections there. And then the last one, Joe, uh, our buddy Vahe Gregorian, you know, he's obviously calmness for the Kansas City Star with Missouri playing Princeton. 
Um, he was the one, he was at that game. He was covering oh, it for wow. the star. So we'll have to, next time we have, you know, obviously he's, he's covering as a journalist and not rooting, but I'm curious what his his take of having seen an Ivy League beat Missouri uh, to go to the yeah. yeah it was a, it was a rough I know we, you and I were texting over the weekend it was a rough weekend for you know Kansas City area oh. right we'll, we'll call yeah. Mizzou Kansas City area and and KU Kansas City area and you know luckily we still have K-State left you know for those K-Staters that uh, live in the Kansas City metropolitan area so uh, lucky to see them still going and they're making a nice run but man seeing KU and Mizzou get knocked out like that was was a tough that was a tough blow so I know everybody was kind of reverting back to the K-State and and the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl. <laughs> right? totally. No one no one will forget that. So just Absolutely. we're still feeling we're still feeling good, even though and KU is out. Right. And the last thing before we actually segue into what you know we're gonna talk <laughs> about mainly on the pod, the K-State at the end of the game have that has that really cool play where they in the inbounds play where it's like a football play where they have like four. I don't know if you saw that where they have yeah. Four guys, it's like they're running routes, and they say they call it the Mahomes. And it's kind of yeah. like it's smart. They have a guy kind of sneak around. They all they're all going vertical, and one guy pops behind to kind of get open for the uh, inbound pass. Great segue into our Believe in Chiefs podcast, <laughs> not Believe in Kansas City area or Ivy League. Believe uh, in sports. Princeton. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you believe? Um, but no, this is, uh, this is, you know, listen, we, we joke about this all the time, you know, the NFL and the chiefs always give us something to talk about and it's been another, you know, exciting week. So, you know, I'm excited to chat with our listeners about, you know, what they're, what we're looking at now and and how it's all going to shake out with some of the new signings. Cause it, 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 they never seem to stop. Joe, you're in th- the big signing, of course, your thoughts on Orlando Brown going to the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I mean that's uh that's a huge, right? It's 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 somebody we're gonna see, we're gonna play them, we're probably who knows, probably see him again in the playoffs. And you know, I I I was a little I've been very disappointed. Not 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 to pick I'm not picking on Orlando, but like I've been I've been disappointed with some of the the way that that players are now approaching free agency and after they leave, it it seems to be very, very contentious. Mm-hmm. Um you know, when I when, when I was in the league, you know, in the nineties, I mean, obviously I was right smack dab in the middle of, of the Reggie white, you know, lawsuit against the NFL that, you know, the collective bargaining agreement change where, you know, now free agency, unrestricted free agency existed. Right. And I was right there because up until that point, it was called plan B free agency and you could protect all your players, even if they were under contract. And you basically, you basically were letting go the bottom part of your roster, um, as opposed to now, the top part of your roster ends up leaving. And, um, you know, I saw it all happen, unfolded right in front of my eyes, you know, as an active player right there and, and spending two seasons as, you know, under the old plan B free agency. And then and then and then the whole lawsuit thing happens and then it gets unrestricted free agency. And wow, what a difference it's made. But at least back then and up until now, I mean, maybe it's social media. I don't know. I don't know if fans get frustrated with it or not, but I know I do. Um that it seems to be like, I don't know, it just seems to be there's always a either a sour taste in somebody's mouth, you know, about a contract and that that's why they left. And, you know, I mean, look, uh, you know, we, we had our, our issues with with Orlando this year and, and, and we talked about it and. But it just seemed like he left with such a bad taste, um, just with some of the things he was saying about, you know, getting t- things put on t-shirts and and that tweet mm. that you and I were sharing, you know, it's just kind of, 
it's 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 really hard to watch right now now it's gonna i don't know it seems like it's it's affecting what i would call the brotherhood of the nfl you know and and this whole it's a business thing and it turned it's becoming very personal so to speak you know um it certainly joe ratchets up the rivalry don't you think i mean this is a team totally played each other four times in the last two years even though they're not in the same division two afc championship games um and it was interesting he was i did watch orlando brown's uh press conference as a uh initial with uh after signing with the bengals and he was a very you know he praised the chiefs he said how much yeah. respect he has for the organization but it, it does ratchet up the rivalry no 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 doubt about that and joe I, i'm clearly curious from your perspective all these players, they have to make personal decisions decisions for them, you know, because the team can cut you whenever the careers are so short. You have to do what's best for you and your family. Joe, this is, you know, going from the Chiefs to the Bengals is a big deal with all the Burrowhead stuff and, yeah. and the mayor calling out. Joe, you, I wanted your perspective. You faced a similar um, dilemma decision, uh, Chiefs-Broncos. There was no bigger rivalry back in the day, and you, you came close to going to the Broncos – Players got to do what's best for him, but is that in the back of your mind when you when you're making a decision like that, Joe? Yeah, no, it totally was because you know I had um, you know it it it, it to, in today's dollars, my God, what a difference! You know, um, it made the decision. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't create this maelstrom that it is today, right? Mm-hmm. When you look at the amount of money that's thrown out there, I mean, it would have. It was. It was definitely not could be generational wealth or transformative wealth that, you know, by signing with the Broncos or signing with the chiefs. And, you know, in that, in that particular case, you know, we had a lot going on in, in the Kansas city area. And, um, you know, my wife was teaching full time in the blue Valley school district. You know, I was working at KNBC and doing these, you know, filling in for Len Dawson. I had, we had the radio show on KCFX, like a lot of cool stuff going on that really wasn't worth the extra dollars, mm-hmm. you know, because it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't transformational wealth, right? It wasn't something mm-hmm. that was going to set, you know, but now today you really can't blame these players, yeah. Jeff. I mean, I I know, listen, I know fans have their heart. They pour their heart and soul into these teams. And, and, and I always did as a fan myself and everything that I follow, I always pour my heart into it. And, and I really try to build a, a like a, a, a sort of a, uh, that like, relationship with with the team that, that you're rooting for whether it's you know me rooting for arsenal in the premier league or you know rooting for the eagles as a, as a child and now you know you know having been a fan of them because you know my whole life and then obviously rooting for the chiefs because i played there like you you build these relationships and 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 fans you know really take to heart these things um when when players you know leave because but they have to understand that there's only a certain window that these players get. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you look at the average length of the, of the salary of the, of the careers, and you look at the numbers, players are going to just, they, they love to play the game of football and, and they're going to do it wherever, you know, they can, and they can make the most money because it, it is a business and it is a job. So, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to watch your players go. I, it's been, the money part of football has been probably the thing that has frustrated me the most about what football used to mean for me as a fan. Right. You know, um, I growing up and watching the Eagles as a child, you know, 
the teams that I rooted for, they were the same players every year, no matter whether they were one in 15 or 15 and one, I still rooted for them the same mm-hmm. way I would no matter what. And, but they were always the same guys, you know, of course players retire. Um, sometimes they get traded, but trades were so minimal back then. And I think it's really hard. I think it's hard for fans to watch rosters turn over like this. I mean, one of the cool things that I saw um, read about was how, how excited people were that Nick Allegretti was, yeah. was staying and because he's going to provide some stability mm-hmm. and experience to a team as we watch this offensive line start to turn over, right. With Andrew Wiley gone and, and with Orlando Brown jr. Gone and new players coming in at the backup, like you got to have that consistency somewhere. And, and I was, you know, that's actually what we should be, you know, we should be really celebrating is, is some of the, um, you know, some, some, some of the, some of the consistency that we are getting. And I think we were both surprised about that, that we thought he started before done a good job. I thought if, I think another team would have been wise to, to sign him for a, a starting job, Joe, I'm also curious, you know, leaning on your perspective, when you, when you, you know, you came close to signing with the Broncos, was it in the back of your mind like, oh man, this this is our this is a rival, you know, this would be really weird going from Kansas City to Denver, or or do you not think about that when you're in Orlando's no, position? I, I, I totally thought about it. I mean, I thought about what it was going to be like coming back into Arrowhead or having the coaching staff and the team come into to Mile High. Like I thought about what that was what that would feel like, right? Mm-hmm. Or what that would feel like putting on that, you know, baby blue helmet with the D on it. You know, like that was that was a, a an interesting thought about what that would feel like, and um, you know, I'm a, I'm a creature of habit and, and familiarity, so you know, it didn't feel natural, even though Alex Gibbs, um, you know, was was my line coach in Kansas City for two years, and then he he ended up going as assistant head coach to Mike Shanahan and became his line coach. Um, you know, I I I just I kind of like went with the familiarity. It just felt odd, you know, being there because it wasn't the team that drafted me. And I just felt like, you know what, maybe I need to see, you know, what will happen here. Now, the things that I think Nick Allegretti, to to use him as an example, again, he might be looking at is, you know, we don't know how long Joe Tooney has left, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, they could be telling them, look, Nick, you're coming in on this, you know, did he sign a one-year deal, I think? You know, you're coming on this one-year deal, let's, let's, you know, let's see how it works out for you because we don't know how long, you know, Joe Tooney's going to be around, right? You know, he started the feeling a little bit of injury here and there, missed some games mm-hmm. last year. So they could be telling him, look, when it comes down, when it comes down to doing, because this is what they told me and, and, and I'm not, I'm not speaking, you know, sour grapes about the chiefs mm-hmm. organization, but one of the things that they told me when I did resign was with free agency coming up for Dave Zott, Tim Grunhart and Will Shields, Basically, they said, Joe, there's probably no way that we're going to be able to re-sign all of them. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, around October, November of the year after I signed, um, and, and they did. And and there was a little bit, actually, I'm not to be sour mm-hmm. grace, it was, it was a little frustrating because I had been told that there was no way and that I would slot into one of those spots once, you know, they were, they mm-hmm. were, um, they were, they couldn't re-sign everybody. They could be telling Nick, the same thing. Look, Nick, sign this one-year deal. And, you know, when Creed and Trey's rookie contracts are up and and they want to, they're still going to have to pay Juwan Taylor, right? He's got $60 million guaranteed money over four years. 
they're going to have to pick up a right tackle at some point, right? And they can't pay all those guys. Especially they can't pay all those guys. So Creed, they could be. Reed's going to be have to be like maybe the highest paid, as young as he is, the highest paid center in the in the NFL. Yeah, they he can't. just might be. So they could. This could be a good play for Nick to slide into a spot like a Joe Thune, where they're not going to be able to. They're not going to be able to keep him. Right. It's just with his. You know, with his numbers. So that's the interesting caponomics that, you know, you have to think about not just the money of how they fit it all in, but how does it look this year, next year, and the year after with the players that you want to keep around? So I think this is a good thing for Nick. And I think if if I if I had a crystal ball, I would say that he'll be here for he'll sign a long-term contract once they decide what they're going to do with Creed and Trey. Cause you know they're not getting rid of those two guys. They're right. just not. They've they've they're just too valuable. And and you build that around Juwan Taylor as your tackle, and then all of a sudden you get a Nick Allegretti comes in, and bam, and you know you've got you've got a solid line for a long time. Nothing against Joe Tooney, but he is getting up there. Yeah, but great insight there, Joe, and glad that the Chiefs are bringing back another number seventy three. Well, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at Bet Online. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online. Updated odds for everything from live games, the conference championships, right through the Final Four and Championship game. Bet Online is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your bonus. Bet online where the game starts. So, Joe, uh, now I'm curious your take on on how this moves the needle. Orlando Brown to the Bengals. How much does this help the Bengals? Does it hurt the Chiefs? Does it really not move the the needle as far as with these two heavyweights in the AFC jockeying for uh, kind of AFC supremacy? Well, I think, I mean, look, it definitely shores up something for the Bengals, right? Mm-hmm. Re- regardless of how well, you know, he, Orlando plays for them, he's an upgrade, right? Yeah. I, know, right. I know they spent a boatload of cash for him, but, you know, he's an upgrade. You know, we know that that line struggled and especially towards the end of the season with some injuries and things like that. So I think especially in that AFC championship game against the Chiefs, that was, in my opinion, really the difference in the game. Yeah, so this I think I think they sort of I think they got more than we did even though the two let's just let's just call you know let's call them you know let's call Juwan Taylor and 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 Orlando Brown Jr. similar players just for for sake of argument right kind of a wash as talent goes the Bengals got more for what they needed mm-hmm. and and the chiefs just ran in place. Right. And, and, and maybe we don't know yet. Right. Is Juwan Taylor going to be the guy, the verdict's not there. At least we knew what Orlando could do. We knew mm-hmm. what he, he had. Um, so Juwan in this, in this chief system is still an unknown. We know he's got the, the, you know, he's got, he's got the versatility. We know he's big. We know his measurables are there. He's durable. Um, he doesn't get penalties. He's disciplined, so we know we know he's he can play. It's not a factor of that, but you know, I just think it's it's just really interesting. That's a great question, Jeff. Like, who wins more? I think the Bengals actually get the nod there, based on the amount of upgrade that they got. I do too. And again, the, we talked about this last pod. So I think the Bengals get the kind of win there. If you're 
you know, going, taking a ledger uh, of these type of things, taking receipts. But the, the Bengals really, I think they're, they are going to miss those two safeties, Von Bell and Jesse Bates, who signed elsewhere. I think that was a big part of why they had some success. I mean, against Mahomes, nobody really has that much success with relative uh, success. And it's interesting. I, I think it, it seems to me as I was crunching the numbers, they gave Orlando Brown a lot of guaranteed money, the Bengals did, and a lot of it up front. And I think they were able to do that because Burrow is still on his rookie deal, real cheap this coming year, um, a little more expensive in the, the option year in the fifth year, but still uh, cheaper than a, a premier quarterback. And uh, Joe, I also wanted to talk about, I, I really like two kind of under the radar signings uh, the Chiefs had. Charles Amenahu had uh, 54 quarterback pressures last year for the Niners, according to Pro Football Focus. He can play defensive line, or excuse me, de- uh, interior on the defensive line or at defensive end. And Drew Tranquil, uh, I, I, I'm curious what they're going to do with him. He he was a good player for the Chargers, 146 tackles, five sacks. Um uh- what, what do you think about that, Jeff? I, I thought, you know, I think there are two great pickups. I, I think Amenahu is, 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 I, I mean, he's going to see a lot of time. I mean, he's going to be, he's really going to be in there helping, helping that defensive uh, line really form, you know, what they, where they need to go. And, and, you know, I think maybe he gives us a better, maybe a better regular season run than Frank did. You know, I know you mentioned mm-hmm. that on the last pod that Frank seemed to be a playoff player. But I think Charles Amenahu will be an absolute force for us. I think he'll be, um, you know, he's young. He's he's again he's pretty durable, and and I think that's a that's a really really good pickup. And Drew Tranquil, I mean, come on, the name doesn't get any better than that, right? I love it, Tranquil. Um, you don't want him to be Tranquil when you play linebacker, but I I really like him. I, I think you know having he's gonna he's gonna be co- in in one of those rivalry type situations, right? He's coming to the Chiefs after having gotten you know beat around by by the by the Chiefs for the last you know little bit here so I I think yeah. he's gonna speaking, he's uh, sorry to interrupt Joe but speaking of of you contemplating a move to Denver and Orlando Brand going to Cincy this guy's going in in his division two charges to Chiefs yeah it definitely provides a lot of depth and um you know he definitely I think raises raises the profile you threw out some great stats there Jeff I think he's you know very yeah they're not like making the big headline ESPN splash you know Chirons at the bottom of the screen, but um, they're definitely um, going to make an impact for the Chiefs as you know as Brett Feach continues to build this out. I'm glad to see that they you know keeping Jody Fortson around. I think that was an easy one because um, he was already an exclusive rights free agent. I think that was a great one. Um, I mean, Mike Edwards at safety. I mean, he mm-hmm. he one. had he had a pretty much a he had a career season. I mean, that was his best season he's had. So I'm um, you know I'm thinking you know. I know, you know, losing Juan Thornhill, you know, they lured him away in Cleveland, but I, you know, I, I think, I think they're, they're definitely doing the right things going toe to toe with the league right now. Um, you know, I, I think, I, I think we're, we're, we're going to be in a good spot. This wide receiver thing's got me a little concerned, you know, it's not that it's getting late in the game. It's only March 20th, but when we're recording this, but, you know, I think, I think, the, the the wide receiver thing is something I'd like to see them try to settle sooner rather than later. And I don't know if OBJ is the answer, Jeff. I don't know if you feel that way. I was going to ask you about that. If you had any, if you wanted to opine on whether or not you think OBJ is, is the right guy, does he bring the right chemistry to this team? And has he really done anything in the last couple of years that would say, yeah, you know, Patrick Mahomes has to have that guy. 
Right. No, I, I'm kind of with you on that. Uh, and also, I've got so much comfort. Yeah, there are a lot of question marks. But after last year, I'm kind of thinking we could throw anybody out there receiver with Mahomes. Uh, but but your point, Joe, that they're, they're, these aren't the acquisitions you're going to see on the scroll on, on when watching ESPN. But I sometimes think these like finding good value, these low profile signings are the way you build winners. Remember how like uh, before they were the commanders, the Washington Redskins would win the offseason every year with these big signings. Yeah. Deion Sanders and Bruce Smith spending Albert Hainsworth spending all this and it would never work out. So I really uh, do, do like these. And, you know, I still like the Taylor acquisition a lot. It's um, you know, his, his uh, pass blocking numbers statistically by pro football focus and all, all those type of groups were a lot better than his run blocking. Um, so his run blocking might be a concern, but I mean, what we really are concerned, we're a pass, we're a passing. Yeah. We need a yeah. pass. Mahomes. So the fact that he's his pass blocking numbers are so good, you know, I think he might actually be a better fit than Orlando Brown uh, on our offense. Who, it's funny, you know, we we're talking about right tackle versus left tackle a lot on our last pod. God, it really seems I know because of his dad, and I know the left tackles make more money, but I really think Orlando Brown would be a dominant right tackle where he could just use his massive frame and and be a mauler. Yeah, that that was he could have been miscast there a little bit, but obviously we needed him there, right? We needed mm-hmm. to we needed to fill that void, and um, you know, I, uh, I I always wonder, you know, Brett Veach and Andy Reid definitely as much whether you love him or hate him, and I know he's got probably a lot more haters than he has uh, loves. Um, the, the Chiefs as a dynasty, right? With I, can we call him a dynasty? Right now, with with five we, Super Bowl, I think they're on the precipice of a dynasty. I think they need a third ring, which I think yeah. they're going to get it at at some point. They need a you need a third ring in a certain amount of time to get. To yeah, win. yeah. I mean, five AFC Championship games, you know, three Super Bowls, two wins. I mean, pretty close. Um, it's we're definitely we're hovering around the <laughs> yeah. moniker. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think. I think what the Chiefs are definitely doing is taking a, p- a page out of Bill Belichick's playbook, mm-hmm. right? And again, that's that was my original comment about whether you love him or hate him. Um, he always seemed to find ways to build things around Tom Brady that with not the guys mm-hmm. that weren't scrolling at the bottom of right, the ESPN, right. you know, Chiron there. You know, you think back and, you know, as, as many Super Bowls as they won as an organization, I'm telling you, there's still a lot of, diehard football fans, you know, that not Patriot fans, but other football fans around the NFL, you can't even remember some of the guys on the team. I mean, yeah, you've got Gronk, right? Um, but like, you know, running backs and and receivers like Edelman, but then who were the other two receivers? Like, yeah. you know, like Gronk even was only there for the like the back half of it. You know, the he really was. Right. The first couple um I think Gronk won three rings. The first, you know, I think he won three rings or so with the Patriots without him. So yeah, so it, it's. I think they're taking a page out of that. Like, do, get guys that can do their jobs, build build the talent to fit the playbook, right? And and fit the playbook to build the talent. And that's that's what Belichick did so masterfully to create. And I think then we can call a dynasty. Um, you know, having won you know six Super Bowls, um, but like. And, and it was pretty short time with a repeat in there, right? The last team to repeat. I mean, he did it. He didn't do it with the, you know, the all pro rosters. I'm telling you, I, I think the chiefs, we could be onto something here. I think Brett Veach, it could be our secret sauce. 
right, that that separates this team from the rest is doing the right thing and getting the right chemistry together and not worrying so much about making the big splash in free agency or or even quite frankly in the draft, Jeff. Totally. I'm I'm looking it up, you know, that he and the first three titles, again, were without Gronk. And if you look at the skill players, they had their last one pre-Gronk. Um, they had Corey Dillon, a running back who's fantastic. But yeah. the receivers, David Patton, David Givens, Deion Branch, who's a good player. Yeah, I mean, no. Corey no. Brown, they were, you know, the kind of more workmanlike yeah. guys than, than later on in the in the Patriots dynasty. Yeah, they were. I mean, they were obviously, of course, they're, they're, they're good. They're in the NFL, but they're not, you know, they're not uh, – you know, uh, you know, pick a, a receiver, you know, it's they're not Michael Irvin or, you know, receivers that, you know, back in the nineties that were, you know, you had, if you had one of those guys on your roster, you were, you know, you were destined to go to the playoffs. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting to see how this team is being built. I I, I kind of like it. I, I think it's, it has a, has a very, like I'll use, use the term workman's like mentality to this, to this organization, the way that they just grind things out. And um, I mean, think about it, Jeff. We, you know, we never went to the Super Bowl in the '90s. We came awfully darn close. I would say we probably, like, from a, a, a up and down the roster perspective, probably had more superstars during that era yeah. than even this team does. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is special, and and Travis is special. But you know, when you look at some of those teams in the '90s, Derek Thomas, Neil Smith. I mean. All four all pro safeties and cornerbacks at one point mm-hmm. we had, right? With Deron Cherry, Lloyd Burris, uh, Kevin Ross, Dale Carter. I mean, you know, Albert Lewis. I mean, Pro Bowls, all Pro yeah. Bowlers all over the place. Joe Montana, you know, Marcus Allen. Um, but you know, it, it 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 I think, you know, I just think it's I just think it's a really good philosophy. And I'm glad that Brett Feach is 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 working with Andy on it. Yeah, totally. I mean, when you have the difference, of course, when you have Mahomes and Reed, you can really just build build around Mahomes and kind of the universe around him. Uh, Joe, the last note on free agency. It's funny, one of the teams who I really like what they did, I thought they were going to break up a little bit. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles, they were able to keep uh, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, uh, both cornerbacks, uh, Bradbury and Slay, who I thought they were going to, you know, they've had some losses, Hargrave, but they have a deep defensive line. They have Jordan Davis, who I think is going to get more playing time. Um, I thought Miles Sanders and Andre Dillard were replaceable. Um, Gardner Johnson is a big loss, but they have the two first round picks. And I I really like how they've kind of um, (laughs) uh, hung in there and uh, able to resign more players than I thought they would. I'm also wondering, it's very early if we could get Chiefs Eagles once again in the Super Bowl. It's it's an absolute possibility, right? Depending on what Jalen Hurts can do, um, you know, with this uh, c- continuing to, to uh, sort of evolve in, in this offense that they're running with this RPO. I mean, it's that's an absolute possibility. I I, I don't know. There's pro- I'm sure there's some Vegas odds out there uh, that Bet Online could help us with uh, and, and seeing what the you know the Super Bowl matchup might be. Um, but I, I would imagine that you know the odds are better than others, right? That that could be it could be a Chiefs Eagles rematch just depending on how it all went. If you enjoyed this show presented by Bet Online, please subscribe. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening and we'll be back next week. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.